All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. And welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry. I was a Chief Warrant Officer Helicopter Pilot in Vietnam in 1969. I want to welcome you to our monthly benefits program. So if you have any questions for our resident experts, you need to give us a call. The number is 734-822-1600, 734-822-1600. We have a lot of things that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking to um, to uh, Brian Hayes from the Ann Arbor VA, the Charles S. Kettles uh, Ann Arbor VA healthcare system, uh, about what's going on over there. We've got three experts on to talk about veterans' disability benefits, and uh, I think one of the things that we really want to focus on a little bit today are survivors' benefits. So, um, again, if you have any questions, make sure you give us a call. As, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, next week is Veterans' Day. And I've got a couple of people that I wanted to mention, and I got a, a, a real short interview for you in, in a minute. But there's three events I've got going right now. Number one is, uh, did you know that you could go to the, the Detroit Garage Auto family of, of businesses and get a free oil change next week on November 11th? This is kind of cool. And I wanted to just let you know about this. I, I, I was not aware of this. I just got an email this afternoon about it. So the Detroit Garage has a number of different uh, locations. You can go to their website. It's the DetroitGarage.com. And they have uh, locations in Farmington, Hamburg, Plymouth, Livonia, Canton, and Brighton. And all day, November 11th, you can get a free oil change. They advise that you give them a call to set up an appointment. And they'll change your oil for you for kind of free. I think that's really cool. Uh, you go to their website. It's called the, the, the DetroitGarage.com. Their phone number is 833-THE-GARAGE. Easy to remember. Detroit Garage, free oil change. I think that's really neat. Also coming up next week is the uh, annual Stories of Service to benefit the Fisher House of Michigan. And this is held at the University of Michigan. This year it's going to be in the uh, Rackham Auditorium beginning at 6.30. And this is, uh, as I mentioned, this is to benefit Fisher House of Michigan. As many of you have been listening to Veterans Radio for over the last number of years, uh, they've been raising funds to build a Fisher House in Ann Arbor, which is now completed and in full operation. Their other one that they're building is in Detroit. And so they're continuing their fundraising activities. And I encourage you to go to this uh, stories of service. It's a really neat um, program. As I mentioned, it's going to be on Wednesday, November 10th at the Rackham Auditorium for the, uh, at the University of Michigan. The University of Michigan is the major sponsor this year. And let's see, it said that it has, um, I'm looking at the website here. Uh, you go to storiesofservice.org and you can register. You don't have to. It's free. It's a free event. But if you want to, you can participate in the, um, what's it called before a program? The, more, the before glow is a little gathering of people, uh, and you can sign up with a donation and you can go to that and make a donation to that. So again, that's next, uh, next Thursday, November 11th. That is on, uh, Veterans Day, as I said. The other program that I've come across, and this is a pre-recorded interview I did 
is with uh, free dental care. How about this one? So this is free dental care, and it's coming from the Pinckney Family Dentistry uh, here in Pinckney, Michigan. And I got to talk to the dentist out there, and uh, I think we're all set. If we are all set, we can go, and we can do that interview right now, Derek. Well, I'm here with uh, Dr. William Stevenson, and he is with the Pinckney Family Dentistry, and they've got a Veterans Day special, I guess you could call it, going on. Dr. Stevenson, tell me all about this. Yeah, so this is the fifth year that we're doing this at our office. And we do it kind of in conjunction around Veterans Day. We always kind of do it on a Friday because that works better for us. And we're trying to provide care to veterans that can be completed that day. So if someone needs to have a tooth taken out or needs to have some fillings or needs to have a denture adjusted or needs to get their teeth cleaned in an exam, we show up and the staff volunteers their time with us and we try and see as many patients as we can. And in the last, I think this will be the third year, we've been lucky enough to have one of the oral surgeons from Dexter Oral Surgery, Dr. Solomon, and his staff come join us just so we have another provider that can provide provide services for the veterans. So it's been a pretty pretty awesome event to do and it's been pretty successful over the last five years. Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great idea and a wonderful concept. So when is this occurring? So this is happening next Friday on November 5th. And we start seeing patients at 7 in the morning. Um, there's a number of appointments that have been scheduled for some people who kind of know about this in advance. And then for people who show up, we try and do our best just to kind of work them in the schedule. Um, there's been some different people in the past who have donated donuts and coffee and things in the waiting room. and Or we'll tell someone, well, it might be a couple hours. You can go over and get a breakfast at McDonald's or something like that. And we just try and see if we can help as many people as we can in the day. Okay, so uh, the, the flyer that I received says that this starts at 7 o'clock uh, next Friday, the November 5th, uh, yep. runs, so, runs until noon. Yep, the plan is to run until noon. Sometimes we've run a little bit past. Um, luckily, we haven't had to deny anybody in the past because of just being overly booked and stuff. And so it possibly might happen at some point, but we try and do our best to accommodate the people that show up and get as much service as accomplish for them as we can. Okay. And uh, and where are you located? Where is the Pinckney Family Dentistry? So we're just outside of downtown Pinckney. We are on M36, um, which is the main road that Pinckney runs through. Um, we are right next to Bushes, right across the street from a McDonald's. Um, we are on the, I believe it is the north side of M36, and we're just maybe a quarter to half a mile east of where M36 crosses Dexter Pinckney Road. Okay, so I've got the address here for those of you that use your GPS. It's uh, 1245 East Main Street, Pinckney, Michigan. That is M36 if you're coming off of US 23 locally or up uh, Dexter Pinckney Road. And if they can call for an appointment, I know you would prefer that. What's that number? It is 734-878-3145. Okay, so thank you. This is Dr. William Stevenson, and they're doing their Veterans Day free dental cleaning, and some. De- hopefully they can get some dental work done on you for all veterans who show up, but they would prefer that you call ahead. That number again is 734-878-3145. Thank you very much for doing this, and I look forward to hearing how it turns out. Great. Thanks so much for checking in, Dale. You take care now. Okay, so that we've got two, that's two main events we've got going on here. You can get your oil changed and your demo work done on uh, Veterans Day. 
And I have one more major event that is coming up here in the Ann Arbor area, and that is uh, at Concordia University here in Ann Arbor. And joining me on the line right now is uh, Brian Lepic, uh, who is the coordinator of the Veterans Service, I believe. In fact, I'll let him do that himself. So, Brian, tell me what your job is at Concordia University. Hi, uh, my uh, my title is the uh, Veteran Outreach Coordinator, and um, to just put it simply, I'm just kind of like a one-stop shop for um, all veterans, um, specifically our student veterans that we have going to school there, um, but um, you know, any other veterans as well um, that stop by that are also on um, you know, staff and faculty as well. Okay, so the reason I asked you to come on the program today is that you have a, a really big event coming up starting next uh, Wednesday, I believe it is. Can you tell us about that? Um, yes, um, it's actually part of the event starts uh, tomorrow at noon. Um, we have our, um, there's an organization called Veterans Inspiring Veterans, um, and they're based out of Traverse City. And um, they're an organization, a nonprofit organization of artists who are also veterans. And um, so they have uh, brought their work down here for a month long um, exhibition of their of, of their work um, through, um, you know, different types. Uh, we have you know, oil paintings, watercolors. There's um, some carvings um, um, and some sculptures, um, all kinds of things uh, as far as um, artwork. And um, that is going to be open um, from noon to four, Monday through Friday for the entire month of November. Okay. And, and where is that going to be located on your campus? Um, that's in our art gallery, which is located in the Craft Fine Arts building. Okay. And so I'm going to hold off on that, and we'll tell them where that building is in a second. But you've also got the uh, another big deal coming up with your with your service uh, program that you put on there at Concordia University. Yes. Um, on uh, Wednesday the 10th, um, we are going to uh, be hosting the Vietnam Moving Wall. Um, it is going to arrive um, approximately at 10.30. Um, it'll be leaving uh, the Regent Hotel at 10 a.m. and traveling through uh, Ann Arbor for about 30 minutes um, and then ending at our campus. Um, and then when it arrives, we'll install the wall and we'll have an opening ceremony at 4 p.m. Uh, that evening on the 10th. Um, and then the next day on Veterans Day, at 10.30 uh, a.m., we are going to have a, a memorial service in our uh, chapel on campus, the Chapel of the Holy Trinity. Um, and then we will have a procession from the chapel to the moving wall where we will do uh, another uh, memorial service um, at the wall. And we will have a, a flyover from a Huey helicopter as well. Oh, oh, Huey helicopter flying over the wall. That's that's going to bring a lot of uh Emotion out, I can only imagine. Yes, uh, the entire crew actually all flew in Vietnam as well. So it's a Vietnam Huey that flew in Vietnam uh, that's crewed by all Vietnam veterans. Ooh, and so that, that's on uh, Veterans Day itself? Yes, uh, the 11th, uh, starting at 1030, ending at 11. Um, and then after that, the Huey's actually going to land and people will be able to uh, to uh, pay the organization that owns the uh the, the Huey and uh, have rides um, for the rest of the oh, day. Who, who's, who's bringing the Huey over? Is it? It's the uh, Yankee Air Museum uh, out of uh, Ypsilanti. Okay. Oh, I know that helicopter. It was with the 240th Assault Helicopter Company in Vietnam, the Greyhounds. And yes. they were uh, 
they were one of our sister companies uh, when I was in Vietnam. They were in a place called Bearcat, and I was in a place called Longbin. And uh, yeah, I've, I've seen those guys before. But, ah, that's awesome. That's great. And um, so it's going to be a very busy day, it sounds like, at Concordia University, or a busy week over there. Yes, um, we're also we're uh, having what's what we're calling the Blue and Gold Star Walk of Honor, and uh, what we're doing is we're allowing people to personalize and sponsor a star for twenty two dollars, and that twenty two dollars represents uh, the twenty two veterans a day that um, are lost to suicide, and um, they can personalize that for any veteran um, that that they wish. Uh, I did one for uh, my, my grandfather who was in World War Two, and um, uh, one for a friend of mine that was uh, in Afghanistan. Um, so just you can go you go on to our our website um, and there's a link there. Um, and I can send this to you obviously later on. And um, you go on and personalize, uh, put in the information for the veteran that you want the star to be put on. And we're putting all those stars to line the walkway leading up to the Moving Wall Memorial. Okay. Well, I want to remind people that this is uh, we're talking with with, with Brian Lippick. And he is a student veteran coordinator at Concordia University here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And they've got things going on over at their campus all week next week, uh, starting with their art exhibit, uh, Veterans Impressions, which I, I, I can't wait to see that. I'm glad it's open every day. And then the moving wall is coming in. Uh, Bryant, how do we get there? Because I know there's construction these days. Yes. So um, Gettys Road is supposed to be completely open by that time. Um, if it's not, then you would, uh, if you're coming uh, either way, we're right off of uh, 23 on the Gettys Road exit. Okay. You can actually see our campus um, from 23. Um, and um, there's a there's a big white barn with the cardinal on it. Um, you can actually see it from from the highway. Right, a little football, not a little, it's a nice little football stadium going on over there and a really beautiful campus. So that's just west of uh, US 23, and that begins uh, Monday with the art show, and then uh, Wednesday with the moving wall gets erected, and then uh, Veterans Day, you've got events all day, and you can get rides. So I'm, I plan on being there, and I hope everybody else in the local area can come on out to Concordia. Thank you for all that you're doing there at Concordia University for your veterans and for the veteran community. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on, and thank you for your service. Thank you. All right. So I think that's all the events I can think of right now. Um, I do have to remind everybody that we are being sponsored by people, which is Lucky for us, uh, allows us to stay on the air. So I want to make sure that we thank the Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help uh, specializes in veterans' disability claims. You can give them a call at 800-693-4800. You can uh, contact the National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses. It's really important if if you have a veteran-owned business out there that you get certified so that you can do business with the government and many corporations. For more information, you can go to their website. That's nvbdc.org. The Eisenhower Center, who specializes in the treatment of veterans, first responder, athletes, anyone suffering from post-traumatic stress, TBIs, or closed head injuries. They offer inpatient and outpatient services. They are here in Ann Arbor. They have a 
uh, branch down in Jacksonville, Florida. And they also have a, uh, a part of their organization is out in Manchester, Michigan, where I, I haven't been out there yet, but I gotta wait, can't wait to go out and see that. For more information, you can give them a call at 800-554-5543. And then finally, we have the Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center here in Ann Arbor, Michigan as our sponsors. Okay, so I need to get into this, uh, these questions right away. So I want to introduce our guests. We have a, uh, a guest, guest, I guess you could say, from Legal Health for Veterans. And this is Deanne uh, Bonner-Simpson. And Deanne, uh, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So what is your uh, job over at Legal Help? I am the practice partner for the um, VA disability benefit side of our legal practice. We, are, we represent veterans in all kinds of uh, disability appeals where they've been denied, and we're helping them get their benefits. Okay. Um, we also have Michael Smith, who's the director of the Washtenaw County Veterans Service Office. Uh, welcome back, Michael. Good to be here, Dale. Thank you. Always good to have you here. And joining us on the phone, we have a, a new guest, and this is Mary Durst, and Mary is the director of the Livingston County, Michigan Veterans Service Office. Welcome, Mary. Thanks for having me. Um, it's my first time, and I, I know I'm in good, good company with Michael there. <laughs> yes, he's always talking about all our county service officers. And um, actually, you pointed something out to me that I was not aware of, in that you've, are you, you are restricted to helping Livingston County veterans. Correct. Um, as a rule of thumb, and, and Michael, you can, I don't know how it is where he is, but um, our committee, and it usually goes where we help the veterans in our own county, and if we get veterans from out of county, we try to um, send them to their own county because, well, right now, our millage is what pays for um, all of our services, so those are county funds. Okay. I thought that was a reason for that, and I know we have a millage here in Washtenaw County. Is that correct, Michael? Yes, that is correct. And just to uh, just to be real clear, um, all county services provided by county departments of Veterans Affairs in Michigan are specific to their counties. Yes. Okay, so if if, if I'm up in Sanilac County and I call you for help, you'd refer me back up to Sanilac County, correct? Yes, I would, I would refer you to uh, Shannon Crager in Sanilac County. Yes. Of course, he knows their names. All right. So one of the reasons that I have you on the program today and, and the question of concern is a case that we have been following here on Veterans Radio for a while. And it turned out that a, a veteran here in the local area did uh, pass away from Parkinson's and uh, his wife is concerned about what benefits she may be entitled to and how we go about doing this. Uh, so Deanna, Deanna, I'm going to start with you first from Legal Help. Sure. Um, there are three benefits that a survivor can apply for. The first one is called accrued benefits, and that is a situation where a veteran had a pending appeal um, waiting for a decision when they passed away. So if um, a survivor knows that their um, spouse before they passed away had a pending claim, they can send the VA a claim for accrued benefits and a request um, to be substituted for that veteran. And only in this one very specific scenario does the VA let the spouse, surviving spouse, step into the shoes of the veteran. Um, if those benefits are granted eventually, then the veteran's 
pay that they would have received while they were living from the effective date to the day they passed away then is paid in a lump sum to the survivor. So that's a scenario where they had a pending claim or appeal when they passed, but still hadn't received a decision on it. The other two are um, dependent indemnity compensation, which is usually referred to as DIC, easier to say. Um, And it's essentially a benefit for survivors whose veteran passed away from a service-connected condition. So in this scenario, um, if the veteran's Parkinson's was a service-connected condition, or even if it hadn't yet been determined to be service-connected, the VA can make that determination now and say, yes, um, this veteran's Parkinson's was as a result of their service. It was as likely as not caused by a service, or perhaps in this case, it would be presumptive because Parkinson's is a presumptive condition. In any case, whether it was determined before the veteran passed away or the VA looks at it now and says, yes, it's a cause of death, is service-connected, there's a monthly payment that the survivor would receive, which is the DIC. And the third is pension. There's a survivor pension. That is an income-based um, determination. So not everyone qualifies, but all three are on the same application form. And so I would encourage any um, surviving spouse to just go ahead and apply for everything. And um, that way, it's all, all three boxes are checked on the form at one time. Um, the thing to just be most uh, aware of is that accrued benefits has to be filed within a year of the veteran's passing, and you have to put that substitution request in. Okay. Um, Mary, my question for you is, and I think this is a misconception that some people have, is that if you are considered 100% permanently disabled and unemployable and all those other things, that you have, if you, if, if your claim is for 10, I mean, if you live another 10 years and you die of something that you were, were receiving benefits from, uh, because of that your spouse would be entitled to that same disability. Is that, that disability payment, is that true or is that? No, that's false. Um, it's, it's a different entitlement and when the, when the veteran dies, the VA will automatically stop that entitlement. And um, if they, they should be, they should be doing this, but we always submit anyway, just in case. They then, if they see that they were 100% for over 10 years, um, they should automatically start the DIC for their spouse. Now, they're getting better with that, but like I said, in our office, uh, we don't rely on them doing that, so we always submit DIC. And at that time, um, they will change the actual payment from the veteran to the spouse. So the spouse will start getting a, um, a benefit. It's going to be, it's going to be less. But I mean, when you, when you have one person versus two, it makes sense. So I think, um, and Michael can correct me if I'm wrong, DIC usually starts out around $1,300 uh, a month. And then depending on um, your pay rate, when you, we got out, it may go up. Okay, I'm going to defer that to Michael. That is correct. The rates um, currently in place are about $1,500 per month. Um, we should also talk about the, uh, what, what uh, Mary and uh, Deanna are referring to is what we call the 10-year rule, mm-hmm. which means that if a, if a veteran is uh, service-connected at the 100% rate permanent in total, whether that's based on the schedule of rating or whether that's based on individual unemployability, and holds that rating for 10 years or more, 
and dies as a result of a disability not service-connected, survivor will get dependency and indemnity compensation based on the 10-year rule. Um, and, and as Deanne referred earlier, um, the other way is if they die as a result of their service-related disability, regardless of how long they've been service-connected or regardless of the percentage. I'll give you an example. I had a veteran who died as a result of a myocardial infarction, and he was 0% for a heart condition. So it doesn't matter what the percentage is, the survivor will get the, the uh, dependency indemnity compensation. So um, there's something else to consider. There, there, there's another thing to consider, Dale. Is we also, uh, Mary knows this, and so does Deanne. It's called the 8 and 8 rule. So the 8 and 8 rule means that if the veteran was service-connected at the 100% rate permanent in total for eight years preceding his or her death, and the surviving spouse was married to that person for those eight years, they get an additional monthly payment on top of the $1,500 DIC rate. It's about another $250, $260 in addition to that. And what is that? About $1,900 a month. What was that called? We call it the eight and eight rule. <laughs> okay. Eight and eight. I'm, I'm writing right. it down because I know you're going to be talking to my friend in the next couple of weeks, but I just want to. That's correct. She's already got an appointment with our office questions. next week. Okay. All right. So let me, for those that are listening and are concerned about this, you know, I, I think what's the, what is the maximum, uh, what is the maximum 100% disability payment right now if you are married? Can you think of that off the top of your head? I mean, it's just, you know, you and your spouse. About 3341 per month. Okay. And so if the veteran dies, that's going to, that goes over to DIC where the spouse would get about 1500. And then your eight, eight and eight would add another 250 to that. Okay. Yes. That is correct. All right. Are there any so, other benefits that they're entitled to? I'll ask. Um, yes. There, there are, there are monetary. So those are the monetary benefits. But there's also symbolic benefits related to a veteran's passing, such as a, a burial flag, um, a presidential memorial certificate, which comes from the White House, is signed by the president and so to honor the veteran service to the uh, to the country. There's also government headstones and markers that can be placed in private cemeteries, as well as government medallions that can be placed on headstones and markers that are have been purchased already that are private purchase headstones or markers. And then, of course, there's burial in the national cemeteries, um, as well as Arlington, which is owned and operated by the U.S. Army. But burial there uh, is restricted to certain people. But uh, the columbarium is open for cremains of any veterans right now, if they choose to have their cremains placed at the columbarium at Arlington. Oh, really? And then we, we would, Mary and I would be remiss if we didn't talk about our county benefits that we have available. We have a $300 burial reimbursement that we pay there are certain eligibility criteria for the to reimburse families for the funeral expenses of not only veterans, but also their, their spouses. And then if they order a government headstone or marker from uh, the federal government to be placed in a private uh, cemetery, there is a charge associated with that. It's called a setting fee. And we, at least in Washtenaw County, we reimburse dollar for dollar. Now, other counties, they, they do it a little bit differently, but we reimburse those families dollar for dollar for whatever it costs to place that government marker in a private cemetery. Okay. Mary, how does that go for you? Um, we do the 
same. However, this past year, um, because we are able to do it because of the millage, we've increased it to $800 um, reimbursable. So same thing, except with just a maximum of 800 And we limit that to the uh, veteran um, and spouse. So the larger amount only the veteran and spouse can get, if it's the 300 then it's anybody who incurs that cost for them. Mary, you, Mary, you just encouraged me to, to, to think about going to my Veterans Affairs Committee because Wayne County did that many years ago. Uh, they, they increased their reimbursement to $1,000 because, because we have been after the state. I've been in this business for 20 some odd years or more, and the state legislature just will not increase that reimbursement from $600. We've had it up to 1000 to $1,500, and they, they just won't pass it. But you know what? The local committees have authority for the use of that veterans relief fund. And I, I think I'm going to talk to my committee about increasing ours so that we can make it a little bit more uh, significant for our surviving spouses. Yeah. So what we said before is, you know, it's been 300 for how long and everything goes up. It's 1935. So, um, yeah, we were going to do a thousand, but um, 800 is the max that my social worker can, um, can approve. So we kept it at 800 to keep it simple, but we may in a few years increase it at that time too. Oh, this is, this is great. For those of you out there that are listening, you have a question, you can give us a call at 734-822-1600. Where else are you going to have three experts that can answer your questions um, right now? You don't have to, you don't have to wait. You know, Dale, there's, there's one other benefit. I'm not sure if um, Michael and Mary mentioned, but you can also apply for, a burial benefits straight to the VA. So, um, it's a, it's not, it's a nominal amount. It's about $250. Um, however, it's helpful. And, um, if we, if you speak to whoever is handling the funeral arrangements, they're usually pretty familiar with, you know, getting the DD-214, which is required for any of these benefits submitted along with your claim for those reimbursement benefits. I didn't know that. Um, joining us on, on the call right now is, is Brian Hayes from the uh, Charles S. Kettles VA Center here in Ann Arbor. Uh, Brian, is there anything that, that you can add to the conversation? Uh, you know, you're not as far as benefits go. That's uh, definitely not my expertise. I know that, but I wasn't aware if, you know, if the VA, is, is all this stuff coming from the, from the, from the benefit side? Yeah, yeah, that would be the veterans' benefit. Probably the regional office in Detroit, and then, then of course, they have the office in DC. I, I was, um, I'm trying to use the chat on Zoom right now. Uh, Brian has been very patient; he's still on the line. If you want to go hand out candy, Brian, you can. Thank you very much, Brian. Was from Concordia. Again, I'm reminding everybody: get out there next week. It's going to be an awesome display of uh, for veterans. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Thank you. All right. We're going to actually, we're going to take a break real quick here. Um, just to help pay our bills a little bit. Speaking of repaying our bills a little bit. Um, we're coming up on an anniversary here on Veterans Radio. We're going to, this is our going into our 18th year, which is really hard to believe that we've been doing it for that long. But, um, we are looking for sponsors, of course, all the time. As you, many of you may know, we're not only are we on WAAM here in Ann Arbor, we're on WTTK in Detroit, w, uh, KMET out in California, KFOW in Minnesota, and, of course, on the Internet and podcasts and all those other things. So we are coming up on our anniversary uh, program, which is going to be on the 14th 
I believe it is. And we're looking for your input. We want to know if what you could, uh, what you have to say about Veterans Radio. So we are recording, um, your comments and hopefully some congratulatory, uh, comments. And we have a phone number here. So get your pen out right now. And I want you to write this number down. It is 248-912-3315. That's 248-912-3315. It's it's just going to go straight to a voicemail. It says, this is Veterans Radio. Please leave a voicemail and we'll get back to you. If you are leaving an 18th anniversary message, please state your name. And, of course, your very positive comments to us here at Veterans Radio. yeah, we're very excited. Never, uh, never imagined that this, this dream of ours would, uh, go on for 18 years. We couldn't do it without you and we couldn't do it without our sponsors that are out there. So as I mentioned, we're going to take a real quick break for our Medal of Honor segment and we'll be right back. You're listening to Veterans Radio. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. Navy Captain John Cromwell gave his life to preserve the security of his mission. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. Cromwell was aboard the USS Sculpin during the 9th War Patrol of that vessel in enemy-controlled waters off Truck Island. Undertaking this patrol prior to the launching of our first large-scale offensive in the Pacific, Captain Cromwell possessed secret intelligence information of our submarine strategy and tactics, scheduled fleet movements, and specific attack plans. Constantly vigilant and precise in carrying out his secret orders, he moved his undersea flotilla forward despite savage opposition and establish a line of submarines to southeastward of the main Japanese stronghold at Truck. Cool and undaunted as the submarine rocked and battered by Japanese depth charges, sustained terrific battle damage and sank to an excessive depth. He authorized the Sculpin to surface and engage the enemy in a gunfight, thereby providing an opportunity for the crew to abandon ship. Determined to sacrifice himself rather than risk capture and subsequent danger of revealing plans under Japanese torture or use of drugs, Cromwell stoically remained aboard the mortally wounded vessel as she plunged to her death. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative. Maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. We're back here on Veterans Radio on our benefits program, and uh, we're encouraging you to give us a call if you have a question. It's uh, 734-822-1600. Uh, we have... Uh, we have lost one of our participants. Uh, Deanna is going out to uh, take her children out trick-or-treating. I realize it is Halloween, and so we encourage everybody to be generous to the kids that come around. This is their first one, and last year was, you know, not the most efficient. I guess it was pretty efficient, but uh, 
you know, they're able to walk around now. That's really exciting. And uh, Michael and I, we already have our costumes mm. picked out. We, you know, we, we know exactly where they are. So <laughs> it's the same one we've been wearing for 40, 50 years. And <laughs> people do, you know, they always feel bad for us, give us lots of candy. So um, joining me right now is Brian Hayes. And Brian is the public relations representative for the Ann Arbor um, VA Health Center, better known as Charles S. Kettles. I'm waiting for the big sign to show up on the side of the building. Um, Brian, welcome back to Veterans Radio. Yeah, thanks, Dale. So tell me, what is happening at uh, Charles S. Kettles VA Center? Well, nice segue right out of the Medal of Honor segment. The uh, Medal of Honor wall dedicated to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Kettles is up on the first floor. It's just gorgeous. And uh, so any uh, any veterans, patients who are coming through, uh, you'll see that on the left side as you navigate toward primary care. Uh, it's a real tribute to him, and and uh, it's not even really completely done yet. We've got some stuff we want to put on the on the right side wall, also as part of the uh, Kettles collection. For example, the bill that he got from the Army for the helicopters that got destroyed <laughs> while he was saving people's lives. He got a bill for $89 million. Uh, it was actually, uh, the, that debt that, that was forgiven once he received a Medal of Honor. But that whole story is going to go up on the wall, too. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I did, but, see, uh, that. I did see that. I was up there last week. And, uh, it really grabbed my attention. I mean, obviously I'm one of the, one of those lucky people that did know Colonel Kettles. And as soon as I saw his face, I went, wait, I know that guy. And, <laughs> uh, it's really well done. And, and it looks like there's so many other things that are going on at our local VA. Well, locally and uh, throughout the healthcare system, really. So let's start. First of all, I've got a ton of stuff to talk about, and I'll try to do it quickly, Dale, because I know you've got other things to do. But, uh, you know, first thing is our uh, community-based outpatient clinics. Those are coming online now. Uh, we've been talking about them for a couple of years, been working on them. Well, we've been working on them for about 10 years behind the scenes backstage, but now they're actually coming to fruition. So the Adrian Clinic is open. Uh, our, so Lenaway County has a VA clinic in it. And uh, those folks down there are just ecstatic about it. They're coming in uh, as fast as they can. So Adrian is open. Our Canton Clinic is running on schedule. That should be opening late December, probably maybe January is what we might be looking at. Furniture is getting put in now, and some of the backstage technical stuff is getting, uh, you know, put in, like, you know, the digital uh, digital uh, networks and things. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, it's nice that Mary's on tonight because we've got our clinic in Livingston County going in. And Howell, I can't tell you where that's at. You get where that's going yet. It's a secret, but there is a really beautiful clinic going in uh, right there in Howell. So our C box are coming online, and that'll that'll be increasing our footprint uh, all through uh, Southeast Michigan. We've also got our women's clinic, which we've been talking about seemingly forever. That's actually looking like we might actually have that open, uh, hopefully in December. Um, so we'll be able to have a nice little splash for that. I also wanted to mention that our uh, brand new website is online. I don't know if you had a chance to go to our website recently. We just brought it online last week. Uh, we were getting a lot of conversation, having a lot of conversations with uh, our veteran population, our patient population about using our website. And it was kind of clunky and kind of old and felt like it was kind of developed back in the Netscape days, if you remember that. And, uh, you know, people, it's difficult to find things. So we've completely re- re- redesigned it, uh, brought in human factors people, uh, engineers who, who worked with um, test subjects and other people to figure out an easy easy to navigate website and we have that now so annarbor.va.gov uh check that out 
And of course, we continue with our vaccine booster program. Uh, you know, up until now, including the vaccines we did in the winter and spring and up to now, we've delivered about 80,000 vaccinations to our veteran population. And uh, a lot of cases, their spouses, in some cases, their kids too. And uh, of course, we're delivering those booster vaccinations now. And then finally, as we talk about COVID, uh, I did want to mention that uh, two weeks ago, we were able to have a dedication ceremony for our new COVID Memorial Garden. It's right in the front of the uh, medical center to the left of the front doors there. You'll see this really nice little sort of, uh, you know, uh, sitting area. And uh, it's kind of a rock garden. So we've got these uh, really nice stones that we're offering people who can paint uh, a tribute to a loved one that they may have lost to COVID, a friend. Uh, a coworker, someone um, that that they would like to have a memorial to, and we, you know, offer the paints and the table to sit and do it, and then you can place that stone right there in that stone garden there. So that's kind of uh, kind of what's going on now. We've got a ton of stuff going on. And, oh, and speaking of Concordia, this just occurred to me. Uh, we're going to be there on November 10th for another Hire My Vet event. So we'll be out there, hopefully, uh, you know, get some good jobs for some veterans out there. But uh, that's what I have right now, Dale. I think that that's great. So. Um, what is the, uh, COVID procedure at, at the Ann Arbor VA right now? Well, you just, uh, you know, you just call and you uh, get an appointment to come in and, and you get your vaccination. Um, you know, don't tell anybody, but they'll take walk-ins too. Uh, but you know, if you wanted to call and uh, get that set up, we did, um, we did about 50,000, uh, calls to all the veterans who were mainly eligible uh, to get the vaccination. We're talking about a certain age group over 65. Uh, if you have, uh, you know, certain health conditions that might compromise your immune system, those folks were contacted directly to let them know how they could get their, uh, their booster vaccination. Uh, but other than that, all you got to do is call. Right. Yes. And I got mine there, um, which was very, very nice. Nicely done. Um, yeah. It's very organized. It is, it's extremely organized. I, I guess one of the questions I said, are they allowing uh, visitors in to, you know, to visit patients yet? Or is that still? You know, We're of- still restricted because as a healthcare system, we have to be, we have to be cognizant of you know, folks in our, in, you know, in the hospital who are sick. And so we don't want to risk bringing illness into the hospital where it's not necessary. So we're still restricted on visitors, but there's some, some, uh, some leniency. For example, if you're, if you're coming to a primary care, or I'm sorry, an ambulatory care, outpatient visit. You can bring somebody with you, one person. Um, if you're inpatient, you can have a couple of people there. And then, of course, the rules are a little bit more wide open if um, you're at, you know, if you're at end-of-life care. Oh, right. Yes, absolutely. Um, is there anything from the from the federal level that affects all of the healthcare systems, or are they kind of on their own individually as far as who they let in and what their protocol is? Well, it depends on the, um, how do I explain this? The, uh, level of complexity of the facility. So if it's a, if it's an ambulatory care center, sort of like what's in our Columbus, uh, location, um, that's mostly, well, actually that's entirely outpatient clinic, right? So there might be a little bit lenient. In our facility, you know, we're a level 1A, 1B facility. So we have, sick people in the hospital, right? People come to us who are really sick. They, uh, they're inpatients and they end up in our uh, community living center sometimes. And those are folks that we really need to, to make sure that, uh, that we keep illness out of the hospital and do the very best we can, uh, and just be cautious about that. Okay. I just was curious about that, but so otherwise things seem to be going fairly smoothly. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that's been the conversation around the facility. You know, things are going well. 
um, you know, these variants keep, you know, this variant keeps popping up and we, we, as soon as we sort of, you know, have a collective sigh and think that we can, you know, uh, you know take a break, uh, then we get another surge. So we're always just sort of waiting for the next surge. But, uh, at this point, hopefully, uh, you know, we're, we're prepared and we've been prepared. We learned so much going through this. Um, it almost, we've been doing it for so long now. It almost every day feels like a normal day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just, we've been at this for almost two years. Well, I, I just wanted to, uh, let people know that we, you know, we're always very proud of our, uh, Charles S. Kettle's VA healthcare system here in Ann Arbor. It's, we think it's, uh, we think it's the best. Um, and <laughs> well, we do too. I know, I know that there are, there are other great facilities out there. So we encourage, always encourage our veteran population to utilize their VA if they, if they need to. Uh, it's there for you. That's one of the benefits that you got from your service and the care is normally top notch. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you very much, Brian, for being on the program and we'll talk to you again next month. Thanks, Dale. Glad to be here. Okay. All right. So that's what's going on, on the healthcare side. So let's come back to the disability side here. We've got Michael Smith from the Washtenaw County Veteran Service Office, and we've got Mary Durst from the Livingston County Veteran Service Office uh, here in Michigan. Um, actually, what I was going to do, kind of a shout out to the rest of the country. If you have someone in your area that, you know, that uh, is a, a well-known, I guess you could say, and reliable veteran service officers like our two that we have today, uh, let us know. We would love to have somebody from another part of the country on to tell us what's happening out there. Um, so, Mary, I'm going to go to you first. Is there anything new that is coming down the pike, as they say, regarding veterans' disability benefits, other than a, a potentially uh, a good raise or increase? Um, let's put it that way. I don't know. Are you talking about federally or locally? I'm talking federally. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that I think that that 5.99 percent cost of living increase is, is significant. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. And it might just be because it's Sunday night, but I cannot. <laughs> um, so, uh, don't think of anything else that might be coming up. Okay. I'm drawing a blank. Anything going on? At the federal government level? No, I mean, if, if the federal government, right now, for those that are, you know, that are, are, that are receiving disability benefits, you are going to get a pretty good uh, increase uh, with the cost of living. And is that going to kick in in January? So the, 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 one of the things that we've had some frustrations about, I think Mary can echo this, over the years is that the VA typically does not announce. The VA is confirming 5.599. No, actually, it's the Social Security Administration that announces, typically announces their percentage increase, and the VA will follow along. And the way we get notified that they actually agree to it is when they publish their brand-new pay schedule that does take effect every year one December, but then those new rates go into effect the first of the next month, which would be one January. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I, I think is real significant uh, to, to mention is that they did extend the um, presumptive conditions related to Gulf War oh, yes. um, illnesses to 2026. And um, that, that's important because, you know, they still are studying what some of the undiagnosed illnesses were throughout the years, they finally decided to add presumptive conditions related to service in that area, such as chronic fatigue syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome, and other gastrointestinal uh, problems. 
And one of the big ones that most people don't know about is fibromyalgia. So those three conditions are literally, if you were in that theater of operation and you are diagnosed with any one of those conditions, they will be presumed to be related to your service there. And it's just like presumptive service connection for things like Agent Orange exposure or contaminated water at uh, Camp Lejeune or ionizing radiation. So it's it's pretty significant uh, that these disabilities and others related to service in the Gulf War area of operation got extended until 2026. So this is this is the first Gulf War. This is the 1990. So the Gulf War. So the Gulf War. Gulf War. Gulf War illnesses are related to any service in the Persian Gulf era. So that could be related to all the operations that have gone on since the Persian Gulf era started, starting with Operation Desert Shield, Operation Desert Storm, Operation um, Noble Eagle, Operation Southern Watch, Operation Provide Comfort, and then, of course, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Knowing Noble Eagle, and now Operation New Dawn. So, yeah, if you participated in any of those, with the exception of Operation Noble Eagle, and you were in that theater of operation, you are presumed to, uh, those so medical conditions, yeah, are presumed to be related to your service in that area. Wow, that's 30 years. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes they just don't, you know, they don't know what the uh, ramifications are when they send us to these various places. Right, because when we started this, uh, when they started with the initial Gulf War illnesses and the undiagnosed illnesses, uh, there was nothing that was presumptive. So the, the fact that we have three presumptive conditions, such as chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and irritable bowel syndrome, and other gastrointestinal conditions, that's because over the years, <laughs> science has concluded, oh, my goodness, it, these environmental exposures and service in this area of operation uh, can cause these disabilities because they saw it consistently among those cohorts. Uh, which is why it's really important for veterans to sign up for those registries, like the Agent Orange Registry, the Gulf War Registry, and now the Burn Pit Registries, because the VA collects vital medical data over the years to eventually come to conclusions that, hey, um, these medical conditions are specifically related to these people's service in that area of operation or based on these exposures. Yeah, no, I, I, I... I totally agree. You know, it's, it's, as I mentioned earlier, you never know what you're going to be exposed to. I mean, we're going in different parts of the different parts of the world that don't agree with our systems. It seems like, um, and I'm I'm really happy to hear that the, the VA is doing that. I know that there's plenty of research going on there again, not only with just Agent Orange and with the uh, burn pits and so on and so forth. They're always looking for participants to. Uh, participate in their research studies. And so, you know, if you hear about anything and maybe you have a condition that is questionable right now, I would suggest signing up for that. And I know that there was a, uh, what was it called? I was talking to a, a, a army, army nurse who was talking about uh, some of the issues that are, that are still out there for Agent Orange with our children and our grandchildren and that they are looking to do research to find out if there is any connection between um, some of the illnesses that, that, that are occurring, uh, especially some of the um, uh, mental issues that are going on, the autism scale and so forth. I, I think it's really important that, you know, if, if we can participate in some of those research uh, efforts, then maybe we can help other people. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, now, it's been a long time known in, in the medical field since studies in 2004 that post-traumatic stress disorder can lead to and cause congestive or coronary vascular disease, or CVD. So when I was researching that more recently, and I was successful and have been successful in the past with getting those heart conditions service-connected secondary to a veteran's PTSD, well, there's a new study out that's related to AFib, and it was specific to a 1 million veterans between the ages of 28 and 42 that were entering into the VA healthcare system had no heart problems, no AFib, no atrial flutter or nothing. And almost 72% of them developed atrial fibrillation or AFib between the ages of 28 and 42. And they all had PTSD. And so now that study concluded, it was uh, published in JAMA, the Journal of American Medicine in 2018, that uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder leads to AFib. And that was because of a study with 1 million veterans who participated. Well, that's great. That just shows you what we can do. I mean, we're just continuing to protect ourselves and to protect our fellow veterans. Right. Wow. I think this has been very informative, of course, as usual, with Michael. Mary, uh, any any last comments you'd like to make? Uh, no, I would just say if anybody has any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to the County Veterans Service offices or any other organization. Um, and even if they think they're not eligible for anything, they should still go in and be screened because things, as you know, are changing all the time. And if they weren't eligible for something a year ago, maybe they're eligible now. Things change. And I think it's really important if you were told no once to even go back routinely and just say, hey, is there anything for this now? And stay on top of that and be your best advocate. Great advice, Mary. Absolutely perfect, spot-on advice. Absolutely. I agree. I've been fighting that thing for for years and finally got that's something, although it came back zero, but at least they acknowledge it. <laughs> at least they finally... it, it, it's, it's always, once it's connected, that's the hardest part, is getting it connected. Once it's connected, then the hard part's done. Right. Yes. Now I just have to <laughs> figure out what to do next. Don't so, get worse. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, let's see, I live in Washington County. That means I have to talk to Michael. Um, <laughs> We'll, we will move along along with that. I wanted to point out to our audience, I want to thank Mary Durst for coming on. This is her first time on the program. She is a Coast Guard veteran, and I think probably 99.9% of your county veteran service officers are probably veterans. Is that is that a requirement for the job? Uh, for us, no. Um, we try to always hire veterans, but sometimes um, I, I, I don't want to hire someone that's not going to do the job at the detriment of other veterans. So right. we always try to, to hire veterans first, but it's not a priority or it's not a, it's not a, um, uh, a, a necessary um, thing to have. Right. As long as they're a veteran's advocate, that's, that's what's so important. Yes. And many yes. of them have, you know, husbands or fathers that were in there and they, they saw firsthand um, what they went through. So that always helps too. Okay. Anyway, I want to thank both of you for being on our program today. We've run out of time again. Uh, go out and have a good time on Halloween. Don't get too scared. And uh, we'll see you next month. Both of you, I hope. Thank you, Mary. Oh, thank yeah. Be, oh, yeah. Please join us. I, I, I'd love to have Mary back on again. And, Mary, I, I'm going to take you up on that offer, and I'll get up to see you here within a couple weeks. Yes. Um, we will We will let you know. We've had a few setbacks, but we should be moving forward here soon. Um, and I'm, I'd be more than happy to come back whenever invited. Okay. Awesome. Will be. Thank you. Thank you both Thank you. very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care, Dale. All right.
Okay, we're coming up on the end of the program. We got a minute to go. Again, I want you to call this phone number and let us know what you think about Veterans Radio, please. And leave us uh, some nice comments, hopefully. The number is 248-912-3315. We're also, don't be surprised if you're a listener, if you're on our email list, you're going to be getting something from us about a fundraiser that we're going to be doing uh, in the next couple of weeks. As a nonprofit organization, this is our time of year. We need your help. We need your support. So, uh, let's see. I think that is it. Remember, remember our sponsors. We're coming to the end of the program. Again, we will see you next week. Until then, this is Dale Thronberry for Veterans Radio, and you are dismissed. <laughs>